It's Wednesday, December 15th, and here's our text from Isaiah 9 that we saw on Sunday on God's promise of peace from the prophet Isaiah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Now the Lord tells the prophet Isaiah to explain to the people that a time unlike any other time is coming. It will be the difference between night and day. The imagery that is used is of when harvest comes. Harvests ended a long period of work and waiting, and then (laughs) there was plenty. In ancient Israel, there would be an immense feast for those who had seen their provisions slowly decrease and run out. Then the floodgates of provision were opened and everyone feasted. Now the second metaphor is just as powerful. It is of the gathering of spoils after battle. And it's sort of a treasure hunt. The hard-won battle is over and you collect what's left, the riches that fall to the victor. We know moments like this. I remember the joy of getting married, the joy of holding our first child, our baby girl, in my arms for the first time. These are sublime moments when our joy overflows, and they're difficult to describe to those who, well, they've not had the experience. Isaiah says, this is the joy that awaits the people of God. Just as today, when we've been living in the shadows of COVID-19 and fears about our future, There is this longing for joy. That's the word, joy. This word also punctuates the story of the birth of Jesus. We sing about joy coming to the world, and here's why. First, we were created for joy. God made us to live in his delight. And today we get small glimpses of what we are missing, but this joy seems fleeting. It's brief when we experience it. Our experience of it are just not lasting. Or perhaps we cannot find joy at all. C.S. Lewis, the Christian writer, actually said that our longing for joy is one of the proofs that there is a God. He said that if we as humans find that we're thirsty, well, then there must be something to satisfy our thirst. And if we know hunger, well, there must be food. We experience these longings because we were made to eat and drink. And this is also how we experience our longing for joy. It's universal. Every human being longs for joy. And if this is so, then there must be some satisfaction, the provision of joy found somewhere. We were made for joy just as we were made to eat and drink. And if all of our efforts to find joy fall short then it must come from another world, from outside ourselves. Yes, it must come from God. There must be a source of joy. Now, I find that this is, what is true of joy is also true of peace. We were made for peace and we know it. Our best moments are ones when we know calm and peace in our hearts, in our relationships, in our world. I know we may relish a good fight on occasion, but we, we really long for rest and peace. But where can it be found? 
That really is the story of our world. We lost Eden, the place of peace and rest, and we've been trying to find our way back ever since. We lost the treasure, you might say, and we've gone looking for the map. And sure, we find substitutes, but they just don't last, or they can't fully get us there. We've been given faulty maps, false promises of peace and joy. Now, here's what Isaiah says next. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, every warrior's boot in battle, every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, fuel for the fire. That's Isaiah 9, 4-5. Isaiah is invoking the story of a, a very surprising victory. Maybe you remember it. You've heard of it. Midian's defeat took place when Gideon led 300 men to a camp of over 120,000 Midianites. What a moment this was, revealing the Lord's power to liberate his people and secure a victory for them. Imagine the joy. God did the impossible. But Isaiah doesn't let us stay with the war metaphor for long. He purposely throws it away because a time of peace is coming. There'll be no more need for the boots that soldiers wear. No more blood-stained battle fatigues. There'll be a thing of the past. Instead, a new day is coming. Now, as we read this text, we may think that the day promised by the Lord has already come. But we know better. Yes, Jesus has come and his work of redemption has taken place. But we still have war. They're still uniforms stained with blood. Even as I write this week, Russia amasses troops along the border with Ukraine, and, and China is flying fight jet, fighter jets dangerously close to Taiwan. They're all threatening war. Now, it is not that the promises of God has failed. They are still coming. We know the present peace of Jesus ourselves. We know what it means to be forgiven, to have a place with God, we know the peace of walking with God. We have been called to be not peace thinkers, but peacemakers. This peace has come to us. But as we have learned, this peace works from the inside out, not the outside in. Jesus didn't promise to end all wars when he first came between, his, between countries. Actually, he promised that nation would rise up against nation and people against people before the end would come. We need to understand this as we understand Advent. The peace of Jesus will come in fullness to our world, but not before the peace of Jesus comes to us personally. There just no, it is no other lasting way to peace. It's only found in Jesus. And here... The prophecy of Isaiah continues. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Why does Isaiah turn our attention to this child to be born? Because peace will not come through new programs of peace or new treaties. Peace comes through a person. Through Jesus. He is the one that brings peace with God, that brings peace to our hearts, and peace to our lives, 
and ultimately to our homes and to our communities and yes, to our nations. Let's pray. Loving God, we're tired of war. How can you not be tired of us? But you show us your steadfast love by coming into the world with your grace, providing us the peace that comes from knowing we are loved and knowing we are yours. We pray with gratitude for Jesus and in his name. Amen.